world. So past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers. Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen, coming at you Monday through Friday. Start your days with it. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, we are taking a break from the big thing. We've been talking about the big thing for a long time. And quite frankly, you, dear listener, and this guy <laughs> talking into the microphone, need a break from talking about the big thing. We need to we need to have a little bit of joy here. Um, the Portland Trailblazers are still a basketball team outside of their franchise icon point guard who's been in the news a lot lately. We are beholden here to talk about the news, particularly when it is the biggest news in the league. But everyone needs a reprieve. And today we're taking a chance to really have that reprieve. We're going to talk about the Blazers' future. Summer League starts on Friday evening in in Las Vegas, the Blazers are going to take on the Houston Rockets, and today's show is going to get you ready and get you excited to watch the future of the Blazers on display at Summer League. First, we got a little news to take care of. Matisse Thibel, who we talked about on yesterday's show, as likely to get an offer from the in, uh, restricted free agent Matisse Thibel, likely to get an offer from the Dallas Mavericks in restricted free agency. Well, as I'm recording this on Wednesday evening, it's been reported that he's going to receive an offer. Three years in the range of $33 million, according to Shams Charania of The Athletic. Uh, yesterday's show, I mentioned that his max that he could have been given by the Mavs was four years, $54 million. But they made a trade to acquire Grant Williams, knock their money down, uh, what they had available to offer. According to Bobby Marks of uh, of ESPN, the Mavericks have $9 million below the uh, below the apron um, to it's like getting a little bit in the weeds. They can start a contract for, they don't have access to the full MLE, which is 12.4 million. They have about 9 million bucks. So you start at about 9 million in year one and bump it up from there. That gets you to in the $33 million range. Here is how restricted free agency works. I mentioned on yesterday's show that it was 24 hours. Well, because the NBA is beautiful, it's actually only 24 hours if it's going to be 24 hours for, for, for uh, Matisse Thibel, but here's how it works. Uh, this is, again, courtesy of Bobby Marks of ESPN. Uh, offer sheets can be signed, um, uh, like, starting tomorrow on, on, on July 6th, or you're listening to on July 6th show, starting today. If that offer sheet is received by the league office prior to 12 p.m., then the matching team has until 11.59 p.m. the next day. So um, if you get the offer sheet tomorrow before 12 p.m. Eastern time, then then the clock would end 36 hours later. It would end, it would end at 11.59 or 8.59 Pacific time on July 7th. Um, if they've got it dialed and know what the money is on July 5th, they're going to deliver to him in the morning. That means once he gets that official offer that will be there, the Blazers will have until July 7th at 8.59 p.m. to decide on whether they want to keep Matisse Thibel. Um, the Blazers have, uh, he's a restricted free agent, so the Blazers can match any offer. That's how. That's why it's an offer sheet from another team, and the Blazers get their, their right to make the decision. Uh, they can go over the salary cap to sign him, so there's basically no... Um, if the Blazers want him back, there's no mechanism that will prevent the Blazers from bringing back Matisse Thibel. At this money, I would match it. Sounds fine to me. Um, this sounds right in Matisse Thibel's market. I think he helps the Blazers. I think he's a good player that if he ends up not helping the Blazers, this is the type of money that will make him eminently tradable in this sort of new cap ecosystem of the future. Um, you know, start a starting salary under 10 million bucks. Great. Um, you know, I, I he was... 
if he started at that 12 and a half million went up from there, it wouldn't be crazy money. Like it'd be fine. It's just like a lot to commit to Matisse Thibel. Um, probably fine for either team in the Blazers, but at 33, I think this is a no brainer that you match. I think you smash that yes button. If the Blazers are a young team, which it's uh, very likely that they will be Matisse Thibel will help if they're, uh, happen to be more veteran laden for any reason. Matisse Thibel would help that team too. He can contribute. He's a good, he's a really good defensive player. They need that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like him to play two and three a little bit and, and, you know, get the chief defensive assignments. I understand, you know, the Mavs are got Grant Williams. Now they're getting Matisse Thibel. They're trying to load up on guys who can play some defense on the wings around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Um, good teams want players that are good teams that are not going to be as competitive like the Blazers are likely to be. It seems like they should also want good players in the roster. That's the point of building a basketball team. Um, and at this money sounds like go for it. Um, there is a world in which this contract is a little trickier. Like it's two, it's actually two years with a player option for the third year. I don't think, I don't think they'll get, I don't think the, the Mavs will, uh, will do that to themselves. I think they're just offering Matisse Thibel as much as we possibly can. And we'll see what Portland does because there's some, you know, he has some value to them. If the Blazers should probably like, they should probably not wait till the deadline. Just go ahead and match it. Um, the reason that you would wait to the deadline though, is that, um, t- spite, spite, it's mainly the reason you would do it is spite. Uh, the once the Cavs offer that money, then it's in it's on their books. Like it, they can't they function like it's on their books. So if you make them sweat it out until eleven fifty nine Eastern time on July seventh, then they can't make any other moves. Um, I don't know that it will really hinder the Mavs. But if the Blazers wait, it's not like they're necessarily super duper debating. They might just be saying, okay, if the Mavs want to tie their money up in offering Tease who we want back in the roster. Let's call Tisa's people, tell them that we intend to match, and then, uh, and then, um, you know, not do it until the, the last minute, uh, until until um, the clock is ticking down. As like a funny just uh, thing to note here, Matisse Thibel is wrapped by Aaron Goodwin, who is Damian Lillard's agent. Um, so we will we will see what happens with that. But I think the Blazers should match that should match the money. I think I think they should do it. I think Tease I think Tease can help. Okay, let's talk summer league. Let's talk the future. Let's have a little fun. It's Scoot and Shaden and and you know I, the future of the Blazers on display in Vegas, and you'll be able to watch it because the games are all broadcast now summer league is summer league used to be a little more podunked and now it's easy to watch that's what we will talk about in the second segment but first i want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by better help uh, there's a lot of ways to get therapy and better help is one of the most convenient uh ways and and flexible ways to do so uh, what therapy can help you do is help you sort of trust yourself to make better decisions that align with your values. And the more that you practice making decisions that align with your values, help you practice being your best self, the easier it can get. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your app with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. Summer League is here. And um, it's time to get excited about the future of the Blazers. I think... And obviously, I'm part of this. I don't mean to be like um, remove myself from this. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm the dude who tells. I'm the dude who talks here. Uh, I get it. 
I want this show to be positive and looking forward to the future because I think the Blazers' future, despite how kind of murky it is in the in this exact moment, is legitimately fun. Legitimately fun. I think Scoot Henderson is going to be legitimately fun. I think on draft night, I I, I tried to like, um, it's just kind of like a weird time for the Blazers, but like I. I tried to say Scoot's going to be awesome, but it, what uh, what the show ended up being is like, Scoot's going to be awesome, but man, Dame's future is, is a mess. Scoot's going to be awesome. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Um, I talked about expectations for him on a previous episode, and I, I mentioned that like players who've been drafted in the last you know four or five drafts uh, with as as you know a top five pick who are going to get lead guard responsibilities. Uh, most of them, if you go back to 2018, guys who have hit their third year in the league have made at least one all-star game. A couple of them have made all NBA teams. Like Scoot has a chance in the first three to four seasons of his career while he's on a rookie contract to be special, special, special. Then you throw Shaden in the mix, Shaden Sharp, who looked really, really good when he got a, a much bigger responsibility at the end of the season. And the Blazers have a really fun tandem of dudes not old enough to drink yet. It's going to be fun to see that duo play together and play off one another in Summer League. Um, Blazers open up Friday against the Houston Rockets uh, with Asar Thompson and Jabari Smith Jr. Um, and um, a, a, a curious team that got a lot older and still has a lot of intriguing young parts in the offseason. I think that's going to be super fun. That one's on ESPN. Sunday. Sunday's the big one. Against San Antonio and probably Victor Wembanyama, the game is on ESPN too. The the Victor Wembanyama has has Wemby has, has been speculation whether he'll play. The speculation is now that he'll play a few games, a couple, two or three, and I would guess two for the Spurs in uh, in Vegas Sunday on ESPN two. That that game's not specifically not on NBA TV, which makes me think that we will probably still see Wemby. Wemby versus Scoot, round three, and then played those two exhibition games in Vegas, it, and Scoot rose to the occasion, a great theater. I think it could be, you know, I don't think that those two gentlemen have like a rivalry or whatever. I think that would be misstating it, but certainly Scoot says like, this dude was the consensus number one overall pick. He's the guy who everyone thinks is going to be better, who's, you know, was a question unquestionably better than me, and I think it's like totally fair to say that about Victor Wembanyama as a prospect. And and when Scoot went at him in, in Vegas in those, uh, in those showcase games, he was fantastic. Let's see him do do that again and like come rise to the moment. It's what stars do is they rise to the moment. Even 19 year old stars. I, I, I'm super excited to see Sunday's game. Then Tuesday, the Blazers play the Charlotte Hornets, of course, who drafted Brandon Miller, number two overall, ahead of Scoot. Uh, we will see what who is available for that. You get later in the Summer League, you do not know who's going to be playing. And the Blazers close their Summer League slate. Um, they're guaranteed, they play five games, more on that in a moment, but the Thursday, next, the following Thursday, so a week from today, against the Orlando Magic. So first game is on ESPN, second game is on ESPN2, the, the Hornets game is on NBA TV, and then the Orlando game to close it out is on ESPN2. But, you know, if you, know, if you have cable, you'll be able to watch these games. They're going to be a whole bunch of fun. Summer League, um, they've kind of been shifting the format for years to find out the best way to make it a television event now that it's a television event. Back in the day, it wasn't really on TV or it was on local TV only, and the Blazers wouldn't send their broadcasters. It was fun. They would like, um, they'd broadcast the game from the studio, the first remote broadcast in the Blazers broadcasting before uh, that was a more common thing in our modern world. But that, And then it became, it has become over the last, say, five years, like a big, a big TV event. Um, and to make it a big TV event, they've made it into a tournament. So how it's going to work is you, you, you're going to play these four games, four scheduled games, and then the top four teams based on um, win percentage and then a whole bunch of tiebreakers that if the Blazers are there and they're going to win a championship, 
talk. We'll, we'll get excited about it. But top four teams playing the semis, and then everyone else who doesn't, who's not one of those top four teams, the other 26 teams, you get a fifth game. Uh, and that fifth game will be next weekend, either, either Saturday or Sunday. So no matter what, the Blazers are going to play five games. There's a chance they play six if they make it to the championship. And let me tell you, I did look it up. I looked it up on FanDuel. The Blazers have the second shortest odds, plus 850, tied with the Detroit Pistons for the second shortest odds. The, the favorites heading into the week of Vegas, plus 700, Oklahoma City. Uh, with Chet Holmgren back in the fold and, and the youngsters uh, that they've that that they've amassed there over the over the last few years. Um, it's uh, it'll be. I hope the Blazers win the summer league title. Back in the day, it used to be like um, you could play as many as eight games in Vegas, and that's just that was too many. They've they've really shortened it. Eight games was just like it became a burden on teams. Um, it's they've they've kind of dialed it in. I think it's a little bit better. Six games is fun. Six games like six games. Uh, this this particular podcaster won't be worn out by like stuff that's not quite NBA basketball, but summer league is super entertaining. Um, and, and I, I want to talk about this a little bit to close the show. Um, but, but first let's talk about who's on the team and like how, how, who you're going to get to watch. And then I'll talk to close the show about how I'm going to watch it and a little bit more about Scoot and Shaden Sharp. Scoot Anderson's on the team. Shaden Sharp's on the team. We will see how much he plays. Uh, there was, you know, some debate whether he'd be on the roster because the Blazers kind of like don't want him to, you know, they think he's good. They don't, he doesn't need summer league to prove he's good or to like get in the NBA system. Played at the, you know, last 10 games of the year last year and was like, yeah, this dude can go. He'll be all right. Um, and, you know, and the Blazers think that Shaden Sharp's ready for like 30 plus minutes a night, regardless of what direction they're going. They have high hopes for him to be really good in year two. Um, and so he's not going to get overextended in summer league, but I bet he'll play that first couple weekends. Other other roster guy, first couple weekends? The first two games of that first weekend is what I meant to say. Other roster guys who are who are going to be in Vegas, Jabari Walker, Ryan Rupert, who officially signed a contract with the Blazers today, a three-year contract, according to Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. First two years are guaranteed. Third year is a team option. Uh, Ryan going to be, you know, going to be part of the plan. Rupert is, I'm, I'm intrigued to, to, to watch him. Chris Murray will be there. Keon Johnson will be there. Nate Williams, who's technically has a non-guaranteed contract that's, uh, I believe, the end of July for the Blazers to make a decision on on your boy, Jonathan. And then the uh, the two-way guys, uh, Ibu Baji and John Butler Jr. Um, Baji... I want to see him play basketball. I, I've seen the highlights; they're compelling. But what? But I want to like see him functionally play basketball in a five-on-five -five setting, wearing a Blazer jersey, and see what he's like. I want to see him set a screen for Scoot Henderson, roll to the rim. I want to see him block shots. Super excited to uh, to check Baji out. You know, because fans are Blazer fans are super hyped on him in a way that like only a two-way guy that hasn't stepped set foot in the court could be a special type of hype. I'm excited to see him live up to the hype, surpass the hype, LeBron James style. Uh, and then John Butler Jr., uh, you know, skinny type, like seven foot small forward, um, who, who played for the Blazers, even started a game at the end of last season out of out of Florida State. Those both those guys are two way guys, and the Blazers um, extended them uh, like qualifying offers, two way qualifying offers. So basically, if the Blazers want to bring them back, they have the right to exercise to do so. I anticipate. I wouldn't be surprised if both of those gentlemen are back on two-way contracts. Uh, there's a third two-way slot this year. Um, I think with the G League, the Blazers are going to be, and maybe with like a super young roster, the Blazers are going to really utilize their um, the way they approach development, which I think is going to be really, really good for this franchise in a way that they haven't. I think that's that's something that could be super, super valuable for as they build out whatever the next era might be. Okay, what I want to talk about to close the show is how I watch Summer League. Uh, there's some other non-roster players that are, that are going to be there as well for the Blazers, um, but 
we will talk about them as we get sort of deeper into summer league. I think with what is that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven roster guys and two two way guys. Um, I don't. It seems unlikely that someone off the roster would make the team. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see uh, if we get deeper in there. Then we'll get we'll get excited about uh, we'll get excited about other folks who are on the roster. But I want to talk about how I watch summer league um, because some of the basketball can be a little ragged, <laughs> like it, it can be a little ragged, and I think it's important to like have an a have an approach to how you're going to view the games because if you just view them like oh man the Blazers lost ninety three seventy seven and like they let so and so go nuts it's like. Yeah, okay, but like they didn't, you know, it's like it's it just it the results, well, you know, it's like you want the Blazers to win the championship, go 6 and 0, baby, let's go get another banner up there. Um but like the results aren't super meaningful, but the sort of like function of your guys, particularly the guys who are going to play Scoot and Shane Sharp is really meaningful. So I want to talk about that to close the show. That's what we're going to do in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's talk about how was what's it gonna look like in summer league and how to watch it. So, you know, I think the Scoot and Shaden Sharp backcourt are gonna be really special. What my goal for like Scoot like summer league is 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 a pick and roll guard's dream. Scoot might dominate this thing, and I I, I really think he might be really stinking good. Um, there's always caveats with summer league, like a um. Damian Lillard was the MVP of Summer League, but he was the co-MVP of Summer League. Damian Lillard became the unanimous rookie of the year. He had 23 and 11 in his first NBA game. He was clearly ready to roll the moment he set foot on the NBA court, and that was pretty apparent in Summer League. Like he was he was the he was excellent, right? He was one of the best players in Vegas. Co-MVP that year was Josh Selby. Selby was not an NBA player. There are dames and there are Selbys. Nicholas Batum is another good Blazers example. Basically couldn't dribble the ball up the court in Summer League. Like could not, literally could not get across half court handling the ball in Summer League. Won the starting job in training camp as a 20-year-old. Like not an NBA player in Summer League. By the time he got back and like found a way to be a contributor as an energy guy and a like lengthy defender on Nate McMillan's team when he he arrived uh, in training camp. So... The results and like the production stuff, it's easy to get caught up and be like, this dude, he's averaging, you know, 11.9 rebounds per 36 in Vegas. And I think that's going to, um, and I'm not going to like, I don't want to deter you from getting hyped about this team. You have, listen, if you're listening to this show and this week, you deserve to get as excited as you want about this team. Like you deserve to go, you deserve to really, really celebrate and say this, this team brings me joy, right? Like I, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to rain on the parade this summer. I, maybe my tendency is to do that, but this summer I'm going to try to remain positive because I know we need it y'all. But the way I watch is more like, how would this skill that they have work in summer league? So for Scoot, it's like, I think he's going to be great in the pick and roll. I want to see him score in pick and rolls. I want to see his pull-up game in pick and rolls. I want to see the playmaking. I want to see all of it there. But like, that's going to be what he does in the regular season. So you don't have to like figure out the puzzle and how it fits. Uh, For somebody like, uh, say like Jabari Walker, who's going to be, even if he's like a member of the rotation this year, which I I kind of hope he is if they go young. Um, Like, I hope he is. I don't know why I couch that. I straight up hope Jabari plays if the Blazers are a developmental type team. Um, 
he's still going to be a role player type. Like he's not going to be featured on offense, like as long as Jeremy Grant and, and Scoot and, and Shaden and Amphrey Simons are on the roster, right? So if, if like, if Jabari is getting like high post touches and like backing his guy down, hitting fadeaways, like that's awesome. It's fun to watch guys expand their skill set, but it's not like a thing you're going to circle like, okay, okay, Jabari Walker isos. Let's, let's see if we can get that into the offense because it doesn't fit like w- when the NBA season starts. With Scoot, it'll be easy. And I think with Shaden, it'll be easy too because he's going to be a get it and go type of guy in off in, in the, when the season starts, right? Like they're going to they're gonna put the ball in his hands way more this year than they did last year. At the end of the year, when he got the ball in his hands, he looked like he could be really special. This year, I think they're, they're you know, setting it up where he's going to be a guy who still is, you know, he's a really lethal cutter. Like he, that was like where, where he really the main place he shined early in his early in his NBA career. But at the end of the year, like on ball reps for Shaden. So like the way I'm going to watch is how they fit into the puzzle. It's easy with Scoot. It's pretty easy with Shea. With Jabari, it's a little different. With Ryan Rupert, I, I kind of don't know if he where he's going to fit. So what does he do that can get him on the court? That's how I'll watch him. With Chris Murray, same thing. Like, can he shoot? Can he defend? Um, you know, the, the knock on him is that he's maybe not a great shooter. It's hard to like stand out as a defender in, in Vegas, but certainly the games are competitive enough that if you're good on defense, it'll, it'll show up a little bit, but how can Chris Murray contribute? I think that's another, one of the big things we'll be watching. What does he do? What is a skill that he has that's translatable when he is in a role player type role as a rookie with the Blazers? Like, wh- wh- where does, where does Chris Murray fit? I think, I think that's, that's, that's a big one for me. Um, Keon, like, what is, you know, has he improved his decision-making? It's like the Blazers are still pretty guard-heavy. I don't under, I don't, no, I don't understand. I don't see a big-minute role for Keon, period, um, with the way the roster is currently likely to be constructed. But can Keon surprise and, like, force and force tough decisions? Uh, Nate Williams, I don't know. I like Nate that he plays hard and has long arms and seems to be uh, like good defensive playmaker. I'm not sure. See if, you know, does he have stuff that translates? Abu Baji, do anything. I'm going to get excited. Do anything, Baji. And, and I'm going to get excited about it. And John Butler is the shooter. Let's see him continue to shoot. But I want to talk about the Scoot and, Scoot and Shea pairing. Because this might be the Blazers starting backcourt on night one. I kind of think Ant will start. I kind of think Ant will, Amphrey Simons will start. I mean, there's a chance that freaking Damian Lillard starts. But let's, um, we're not going to talk about it, but we'll talk about it. Scoot and Shane are going to play a bunch together this year. Period. How do they function off one another? Can they run small, small pick and rolls? Does Do they have really good chemistry already? Shaden Sharp, really good cutter. Scoot, really good passer. How how many lobs do we see early in Summer League? Do they play incredibly fast? Something that Chauncey Billups has wanted to do but really hasn't made it stick in his first two years in part because of personnel. They might have the personnel that can really run now. The Scoot and Shea run. And for Shaden Sharp, is he too good to be there? I think that's a, like a reasonable and important goal for Shane Sharp is that the Blazers were kind of, I mean, debating whether they'd put him on the roster and let him play in summer league. By the time we get to Sunday and it's, you know, and, and you're going up against Victor Wembanyama, I hope Shaden Sharp is too good to play on Tuesday. I think that's a realistic goal for him. I think he is good enough and the, and the way the sort of structure of summer league works that if you are a ball in your hand type scorer like your skill set is going to shine and I think seeing Shaden Sharp just like you know put up 26 in game one and like 24 and five boards and four assists in game two and it's like you're good dude (laughs) you don't you don't need to play anymore I think that's a reasonable goal for Shaden Sharp is like I don't know if he'll play a third game anyways but I hope that he doesn't play a third game because it's like 
yeah, you don't need to be here. Like you can hang, you're welcome to hang the rest of the week and get your per diem and hang out at the hotel. But like, um, you know, you're just not going to play any more games because you're too good. You're too good for this setting. And I think that's a reasonable goal for Shaden Sharp. Um, for Scoot, I just want to see, I want to see the offense really translate as a pick and roll guy. And I want to see their chemistry because the reason to be excited about the Blazers' future, kind of regardless of what happens over the next six weeks or so, is that the losing they did to get Scoot and Shaden Sharp will just will pay off regardless of the like big picture outcome. It's like, yeah, they tanked to get the seventh pick and they absolutely nailed it. And they tanked and moved up to get the third pick and they absolutely nailed it. And now you have this foundation. And throw Amphrey Simons in the mix, obviously like too old and talented to be at Summer League, but like throw him in the mix too. And it's like, you got some really good young players under 25 and kind of while you know you might not be like a 45 win team next year you have you can see it clearly okay these guys you know in the way that young players do they, there's ups and downs but the ups are really high and i think the important part about for me watching in vegas is like seeing these skills that you know can translate for role players it's a little you know you're, you're looking for one little thing for somebody like scoot it's like are you a dominant point guard who can score and facilitate? For Shaden Sharp, it's like, are you just an absolute absurd bucket at this level? Are you just like 28 on 14 of 18 shootings? Sorry they couldn't guard me. I only, I hit a, four, 28 points on 14 made field goals. So I have him making all twos in my uh, in my fantasy. I'm <laughs> All 19 foot pull-ups, let's go. Math be damned. But like what I'm talking about is just like an insanely efficient Shaden Sharp game where he's just... It, no one can stay in front of him with the first step. Super fun highlights off passes from Scoot. Super fun highlights getting out on the run. And and like and being, you know, I don't I think Sharp was at the beginning of his NBA season like really bad on defense in a way that is totally believable for a teenager. And then at the end of the year, I don't think he was like an above average defender, but he was showing signs of being like, oh yeah, this dude is so much stronger and so much smarter on defense. Um, like he might have chops to be a pretty pretty solid defender at one point in his career and with scoot the idea like at least from what the sort of scouting folks say is that like he could be a very impactful defender point guards in the nba it's like you're you can be really good on defense but you're not you're like gonna lock your guy up he's just like size matters in, ter in terms of like team defense stuff but if you have these dynamic scores that have plus upside on defense boy does it start to fill some stuff out i don't think i want like I, they don't need to be like you know, prime Gary Payton or whatever. It's for me to like get excited about them defensively, but I expect them to be very, very good on offense. And we'll see if Scoot can, you know, the efficiency there. He's got really good sort of in-between game. Uh, I think I want to see that particularly is the floaters and the pull-ups and stuff. So teams can't play drop against him because if they can't play drop and they have to come up to the level and you bring a big man to the level with someone as fast as Scoot, he's going to be just a, an automatic paint touch, an automatic paint touch. So that in-between game really matters for me, um, for him. And just like th them as enough defensive flashes to make you think they'll get there eventually and dominant offense i'll be waving the flag i'll be waving the flag summer league regardless of what they do in, in games five and six if even if they get to a sixth game which would be championship monday night in vegas i think the blazers have a really fun future i totally understand if seeing that future right now feels a little far away and a little far off and a little, like I said, murky at the top of the show, like uh, clouded because of w what's hanging over the team right now. 
But if you're listening to this and you came back after a kajillion me talking Damian Lillard trade shows and you came back for this one and you, you know, and you're not a disappointed fan of a certain team in South Florida, that's like, give me more trade news. Um, someone who's like looking to find fun about this team. I don't think you need to look very far. I think it's going to be right there. And I think Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp are going to bring that fun in Summer League in a way that is going to feel so cleansing. I think Friday night against Houston is going to be a huge sigh of relief. Hey, no matter what happens, this team is probably in really good hands. And by the time they're playing Wemby on Sunday night, you might be making outrageous predictions to you, your friends in the group chat. I wish that for all of us. I wish that everyone is popping off in the group chat on Sunday evening. The Blazers got the best player in the draft. Wemby, who? Scoot and Shea. The future's bright. It's going to be crystallized this weekend. Starting Friday on ESPN against Houston. Sunday, ESPN 2 against San Antonio. Then next week, Charlotte and Orlando. Let's let's go. The Blazers... The Blazers, right now you're in the woods. On the other side of this of the other side of this forest are two dudes under 21 who are going to dominate in Vegas this week. Get excited. Tell your friends about the show. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.